Good evening. Let's talk uh, for those watching on Facebook, YouTube, as well as Periscope. Uh, we have a, a nice chat today where you're going to chat with Mr. Steve Holder, who's running for Congress for the District 1 of the great state of Tennessee. How you doing, Steve? Just fine. Good to be here. That's great. That's great. Um, well, I'm glad that you reached out to me. Um, you know, the pleasure definitely is mine to be able to uh, chat with you. Um, you know, basically, from what I read of your bio, just to be able to chat with an ordinary guy who wants to make a change in the world. Um, tell the audience uh, a little bit about yourself, Steve. Well, I'm 65 years old. I've never been in politics before. This is new for me. I was born right here in Northeast Tennessee in Kingsport. I grew up in Johnson City where I still live. I joined the Army when I was 18. I was in 101st Airborne. Uh, when I got out of the Army, I'd done lots of jobs, just regular working class jobs, worked in factories, done some selling, and you know, just different things. And I was in my 40s, I guess, when I started really getting into the ministry, and I did a lot of things in the ministry over the years. And then when I was in my late 50s, I started writing really, really a lot. And I've written now eight, written and published eight books, uh, two of them fiction and the rest nonfiction. One of them is my autobiography called No One Walks Alone. And nowadays, you know, I do a lot of writing and I do a lot of politicking on social media, mostly since the coronavirus, nobody wants to be around people anymore. <laughs> so, you know, we campaign mostly online nowadays. So I just want to get the word out to people, you know, that I am running. And the reason that I'm running is because I'm tired of seeing all the millionaires and the billionaires buy elections and they even bum money from you because they want you to pay for the privilege of voting for them. Mm. And I haven't asked for a penny during my whole campaign and I'm not planning on it. I've spent less than a hundred dollars. Really? Yeah. And there's a lot of people in this same race wanting to be U.S. Congress in the first district. They've spent millions of dollars. And, you know, only one of them is going to make it to November the 3rd to face off with me. Think about so, that. So, so we had, we had um, emailed each other back and forth. And uh, just, you know, give us a little brief about your platform. And uh, like you said, why, you, why you're running like the, the poor man's campaign, the, the regular guy next door, um, the, need, the need to get the, uh, the quote-unquote bought politicians out of office who serve uh, the special interest groups and so forth and so on. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Okay. Uh, here in the first district, we've had a Republican in this office since the 1800s. And it's not always, it's not just a Republican. It's always a rich Republican. Mm. You know? It's always a white dude. And I wanted to do something different because you know, there's things that I really, really believe in that are not getting addressed. And one is the whole racial issue. This is a very racist part of the country. I'm sure you don't have a hard time believing that. Um, 
and it's in it's systemic and there's a lot of people that want to change that but the politicians largely don't address that they're comfortable with the things being the way they are so i want to address that issue i want to make sure it stays out in front i'm also very much interested in fighting this whole pandemic of uh, human trafficking. You know, there's a lot of human trafficking goes on in this part of the country. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of parents sell their kids into slavery to get drugs right here in Northeast Tennessee. That's something that's really epidemic. And that's, that's not acceptable. I hate that, you know, and, I want to be there for and speak for people who normally don't have a voice, the poor people, you know, the minorities and the, the people that normally don't fit in with the Republican status quo. You know, it's time somebody spoke for just a regular, ordinary person. Uh, I have no political debts to pay. Like I said, I've spent my own money less than $100 on this campaign. Um, there's a lot of dirty politics going on right now in this area. If you could see the TV locally, you would see the people that I'm running against, the Republicans, they're spending millions of dollars to badmouth each other. Wow. And most people are really sick of it. I'm sick of it. And, you know, I'm having a hard time getting the media to take me seriously. Uh, the local media just ignore me i don't even exist to them even though i've reached out to them several times but the rich republican dudes they will give them all the time they want you know it's it's totally rigged it's totally unfair it's unjust and i'm in this race to give just regular people like me a voice and whether or not people want to take that seriously that's up to them and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was I was uh, shocked, you know, when the uh, you brought up the, uh, the the establishment sometimes doesn't understand the uh, systemic racism. Even the attorney general the other day said he didn't uh, he didn't believe it. He didn't believe yeah. it to be true. And yeah. so many people, have, you know, you got 20, 25 people, 30 million people telling you it's true. It's true. Um, yeah. So yeah. so so. Have you tried, before you decided to run for Congress, did you try to work within the local politicians to try to let them hear your voice, let them hear what you had to say, or they just ignore been, everybody? I've been really active on social media, you know, stating my opinions. I've got almost 5,000 people on my friends list, and I'm sure I don't know 500 of them. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I'm very outspoken politically, and people that know me know where I stand, and I always go out of my way to help people where I can, and um, and this is just a chance for me to take one more step and go one more, walk another mile in the shoes of people just like me that don't have a voice, you know. Somebody needs to speak for just regular people, and these millionaires and billionaires that keep buying the elections, they don't care about us. They do not care about us. They take care of themselves and their rich buddies, and they want to keep that system going. They don't care about minorities. They don't care about 
poor people, they care about themselves. So have so have they? Let me ask you: Have they turned a blind eye also on the trafficking down there? It has been mentioned a few times in the press, but the politicians, like for example the Republicans, that are really, really putting a lot of money into this now, they don't even mention it. It's mm. it's just not something on their radar, you know. Right. And we hear a lot of things nowadays about pedophiles and politicians and pedophile rings, you know, the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing, you know, the guy that did not commit suicide. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're sick of that, but they won't think of it as being somewhere else out there. But, you know, that kind of thing goes on everywhere. Do you, do you think of, that, do you think that, you know, when um you've, like I grew up in an area that's basically uh, all Democrat for years and years, a Democratic stronghold. Even now, I live in a very uh, Republican stronghold. You grew up in a real Republican stronghold. You said it's been Republican since the 1800s. Yeah. Do you think that sometimes the po the politicians, the establishment, feel as though that the people work for them instead of oh, the yeah. other way around? Yeah, absolutely. And for whatever reason, the poor Republicans in this area think that these rich Republicans are speaking for them. They care about them. And I don't know why that is. You would think it would be the poor people would be for the Democrats, you know, the people that are trying to help them. But they're so brainwashed, um, you know, mostly. And they just really think these big Career politicians like the big name here on uh, this in this campaign is Rusty Crow. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not. He's been in the state house for 30 years. He is one of these career politicians, and he's, in my opinion, he's the man that's going to be the next congressman in the first district. No matter what I do, no matter what all these other rich people do, I believe he's the man that's going to get it. You know, he's going to get coronated. He's going to get the crown. And, you know, he's an institution in this part of the country. Okay. As we like to say, he's one of the gatekeepers. So they got to throw him a bone every now and then. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So have, have you, before you decided to run against him as an independent, have you tried to, like, like, listen, you got to be common. You got to listen to the common man, listen to the common women, listen to what us poor people have to say. We just want good jobs, good school, family protected. You know, our values are important. Do you think that they get it? I, I don't think so. You know, people that were born with a silver spoon in their mouth, they don't get it. You know, these big, like Donald Trump, for example, he, he don't. He don't have a clue what normal people go through. You know, uh, poverty is an abstract concept. You know, it's something they think about the hired help. You know, we're not the real important people. Yeah. And we're just commodities to them. You know, they <laughs> use us and abuse us, and we're supposed to love it and accept it. So let me let me ask you, Steve. Uh, I know we like you said you you wrote eight books. Your your autobiography. I uh, 
I read what uh, Amazon had to say about it. So that was a, like a self-reflection book of just your journey up until the time that you wrote it. Yes, yes. Now that came out in December of 2018. And uh, I wanted... I'm not married. I've never been married. Well, yeah, I was married once, but that's another story in itself. Uh, I have no kids, so I don't have any grandkids, no legacy. So I wanted to tell my story, my way, in my words, and get it out there. I guess you can say just my legacy so I won't be forgotten. Yeah. and it was very therapeutic. You know, I talk a lot in this book about my struggles with uh, depression, anxiety, and addiction. And it's something that was really, really meaningful for me, and it still is. And that's just, that's who I am. Yeah, I, 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 you know, you surprised me, Steve, when um, you told me that you spent less than a $100 on your campaign. It kind of took me back because, you know, some of these uh, politicians, like, you know, it's like they get the Brinks truck to back up for them, and they they spend a lot on ads, yeah. TV. They 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 actually spend more money probably on smear campaigns nowadays, more than actual uh, explaining the platform and what's going on. Exactly, exactly. Think of all the poor people you could help with those millions they spend on campaign signs and TV commercials. You know, you could really do a lot of good with that money. But, yeah. you know, it's all about putting their own horn to the world and cutting down the other people, you know. it's I hate it. I hate it. So so are they uh, – Have what about the debate stage? I don't know about Tennessee politics. Are they having a debate for Congress? Or, you know, is it some well, things that you can do or to try well, to put a dent in the stronghold down there? I'll give you an example. Last week there was a debate. And the six biggest Republican money raisers were invited to the debate. And that's it. The six people that had raised the most money got to be in the debate. And it was on TV. The rest of us, we just didn't matter. Yeah, I know. I know, uh, you know, um, unless you're in like the big markets, I used to always hear about um voter voter fraud and you know tampering and and you know like i said i grew up in new jersey and it's bigger cities so it's like it's easier to elect to to vote but i then when i moved and seeing how you know some people don't have transportation some people don't have valid id where they try to get to the uh the polls to vote and the way you just explained to me how tennessee is like these these donors have all the clout, I can only imagine how many people may want to come out and vote for who they choose to vote for, but they feel like it's a waste of time. I just don't want to vote for nobody. Exactly, exactly. And people like me, they, you know, nine times out of 10, they won't even take seriously for the simple reason that the media doesn't take people like me seriously. You know, and that's for a lot of people get their point of view. They're told what they're supposed to think, how they're supposed to think about it. You know how that goes. It's, it's yeah. a mess. So, so besides what we uh, had addressed about social media and you you having a good social media presence, because 5,000 people is actually the limit on a uh, right. person, personal account. Yeah. Outside of that, what have you tried to do to uh, combat 
them having the access to the mainstream media and you not having that access? Uh, I will have reached out a lot to the media and I've tried to get interviews, you know, even when I come out with the book, I would try to get interviews locally and, you know, I'm, I'm a nobody, you know, I'm not rich and famous. So, you know, they don't care. And, and, and the politics here, you know, if you're not a Republican, you just, you're somebody they tolerate. And even the Democratic candidate, you know, she's getting some publicity and she raised a lot of money. But, you know, I'm considered less than her, you know, she has no wow. chance at all. Well, it's, I mean, I can only, I can only imagine with uh, not having a party uh, a big party affiliation, definitely in a stronghold. What you're going through, even the local, like you said, the local people, yeah, they know you're Steve. Uh, they know you're Steve Holder, but now you're running for Congress. Now you're, you know, Nobody. you can't even, you can't probably, you can't even get the local paper to, to talk about you. Exactly, exactly. Wow. Well, wow. I mean, I, uh, like I said, I appreciate you reaching out to me. And um, like I said, yeah, I'm here for your voice. Um, you know, more than you're more than welcome to uh, explain your platform. This is why I wanted to interview you, because I want you to be able to explain the ordinary guy who just want, sees some change that needs to be changed in Washington and what's going on in their home state. And it's it's really unfortunate. Uh, uh, like I said, um, prior to the interview going live, a lot of us have kind of like given up on politics. And it's like, yeah. you know, the hell with it. And then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, our friends and family may say, well, if you don't vote, that's like giving your vote to somebody and then you're feeling guilty. So it's yeah. like, you know, you don't yeah. want to get you feel like your vote don't count if you do vote. And, you know, they're just going to go to Washington and just keep business as usual. Yeah. Yeah. Less than 50 percent. I'm thinking if my memory serves me correctly. About 25 percent of registered voters will go out and vote. Mm. You know, that's really sad. That's really sad. You know, Steve, it's amazing that most people don't know who their con their state congressmen are. Like, they don't know mm. and don't care. And they don't realize, like, even um, in Washington, the um, they don't know how to hold them accountable. It's, it's uh, right. Right. You know, but I don't want to talk about, like I said, my personal feelings about it. I mean, you're... you're uh, Boots on the ground. You're you're, you're fighting for us, uh, even though I live in Pennsylvania now. And you know, I definitely appreciate you uh, taking on, as we say, the poor man's campaign and trying to fight against uh, the establishment. I'm I'm quite sure it's really hard. You probably pissed a lot of people off when you decided to throw oh, your yeah, hand in the ring. Every day. I'm getting good at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting good at that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Steve, is it is it anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? Well, I just would like to have a chance to be heard. Uh, my website is steveholderforcongress.com, and please check me out there and see what I'm all about. Um, and if any local media people happen to catch this, you know, I'm here. <laughs> uh, yes, and Steve Holder for Congress, District 1, in the great state of Tennessee, everyone. I mean, I'm quite sure, like I said, my audience is probably like, how did he hook up with a guy from Tennessee? But, you know, <laughs> things happen for a reason, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be on. I'd love to come back anytime you want. Love to Definitely. Definitely, Stephen. Uh, uh, we'll stay in touch. And um, before November 3rd, we'll definitely have you back on. And, right. you know, we'll go from where, how things look. And um, like you said, you don't know what or if you're going to win. But we're going to hold whoever does win. We're going to hold their feet to the flame. Like, you know, you Absolutely. work for you work for the people and Absolutely. we need to hold them accountable. Exactly. exactly. All right. With that, Steve, I appreciate you for joining us, man. And uh, take care and have a blessed day. Thank you. You too.